What is up, my brothers and sisters, my agents of respect? It's your boy, Trey Johnson, back with another episode of the No Disrespect But Podcast. Before we get started, I hope y'all motherfuckers voted, and you're going to be listening to this while you vote, if you haven't already, but make sure you do that. It is your duty as an American citizen to vote, especially if you're my complexion. Too many people done died and went through a bunch of bullshit to give you the right to do it, so go ahead and do it. But anyways, make sure you like, subscribe the channel, and comment. Just keep them comments respectful. And obviously, when you see your boy in the suit, it's either one or two things. I just got off of work, or I'm standing on business. And if you pick either one, you didn't pick the wrong answer. Because guess what? Both are correct. I just got off of work, and I'm standing on business. Why am I standing on business? Because... My team, Alabama Crimson Tide, definitely stood on business this past Saturday night. And that's where we're going to start today's show. Um, You know, big game uh, in the SEC West. Usually, for the better part of 15 years, really, the SEC West has run through this matchup. The winner of this game, Alabama versus LSU, goes on to win the SEC West, goes on to have a chance to uh win the SEC championship and usually in those circumstances has a chance to win a national championship. And so this game has been important for so long. A lot of wins, a lot of losses, a lot of built up animosity. And obviously being from Louisiana, y'all know I get the bullshit. You know, everybody on my timeline getting getting on me saying what's gonna happen, what's not gonna happen. I had some people tell me, hey man, I put some money on LSU. That's how confident I am they're gonna whoop y'all ass. Whatever it is, but at the end of the day, the dynasty is the dynasty. And people still think we aren't, but guess what? We still got a lot of ass kicking to do and we got a lot of proving people wrong and making them eat crow along the way. But last Saturday was phenomenal. You know, Coach Saban earlier in the year um, I believe after the Arkansas win, he talked about there's a difference between winning the game and beating your opponent. You can win the game. You can do just enough to win the game. But did you beat your opponent? Did you execute at a high level for four quarters for 60 minutes? Um, and I know in that game we were up, you know, 20 points and blew the lead and you know, gave up, I think, 18 straight points or something like that, and we ended up winning the game by three. So while it was a win, it definitely wasn't one you were satisfied with. And so Coach Saban kind of talked about building those habits of you have to learn how to beat your opponent, not just win games. And I've kind of felt coming in, you know, and and if you follow me on Twitter at NBA Future Gov or Future NBA Gov, I kind of say, yeah, y'all remember when Coach Saban said this? I kind of knew what we were getting into. Not to say that we were going to dog stump, you know, curb stump LSU or anything. It's usually a pretty good game, um, give or take a few years, but it's usually a a pretty good game. And so I knew we were going to win. We are going to win by double digits. But I knew early on we are going to take some punches. We are going to give some punches. But they were going to do their thing as well, coming in with the number one overall offense. My favorite for the Heisman um, and quarterback, Jaden Daniels. Uh, obviously, the defense is shit, and it added to it because they were starting a bunch of true freshmen because most of their starting secondary was injured. Uh, they don't know how to use Harold Perkins. They're just like they're playing a guessing game. 
so they had some issues of their own um, in their own right, but really good team um, with a really great player at the most important position um, in Jaden Daniels. And so we knew we were going to get that best fight. And, man, they was hitting some haymakers, boy, passing the ball, running the ball. We couldn't stop a damn crosser in the, in the in the first half. Shit, when it looked like we, we had a potential stop, we had poor rush lane discipline. And Jaden Daniels was just taking off of 50 yards. And it wasn't look, it didn't even look like he was running fast. He was just kind of coasting, getting into the secondary. And it's like, eh, I guess I'm not about to score a touchdown. Y'all can tackle me now, or I'll get down. So it was really good. But but what was really promising was that it was the Milrow show, baby. Jalen Milrow and that offense came to play. Not uh those slow starts we had been accustomed to maybe the first eight weeks of the season. Um, especially the last seven games coming into this game, it was bad. And I was like, hey, look, man, like we can't start slow versus this team now because, again, they have the number one offense in college football. And I'm seeing fucking Jaden Daniels putting up 40, 50 in his sleep. And I'm like, we're going to have to score with these boys now so we can't be, you know, messing around. And Tommy Reese, our office coordinator, I don't know what type of bag he had, but he was fucking in that bitch. like. The, the quarterback run game, the run game with the running backs, getting them involved in the pass game. There was a few plays that Milro just kind of missed on. Uh, one to nine black kind of running up the scene wide open on a linebacker one-on-one. We kind of missed that throw. Had one where we had Ja'Cory, um, uh, no, Isaiah Bond, I'm sorry, Isaiah Bond wide open, kind of missed him on that, but we made up for it by scoring a rush touchdown on the next play. And you just kind of saw some – some of the things we thought we were going to see from a Jalen Milrow coming into the year, especially more of the quarterback run. And, man, we saved it for a perfect time. And we scored 42 points, 142-28, uh, really got a big interception. You knew this game eventually was going to come down to what defense made the, the big plays first and more consistently. And, and Alabama was able to do that more so than LSU. Uh, maybe you can chalk it up to some of the injuries LSU had in the secondary, but, you know, Alabama was able to make the plays um, that needed to be made. Dallas Turner getting um, a key kind of tip, which led to a Terry and Arnold interception, then put us up, you know, uh, allowed us to go up um, and, and kind of really put this game away. And so six touchdowns, so those are 42 points, all six touchdowns scored were rushing. That just exudes dominance that exudes imposing your will on your opponent. And so while there, of course, there's some things that coach Saban can identify that needs to be cleaned up in preparation for Kentucky. Right. I still think we saw an Alabama team that played complete football made for the first time. Um, nope. I take that back because will you owe me six points, man. You owe me six points. I don't know what was going on with you. I don't know what's going on from the left, from the left hash. Oh, what's going on with that? But uh, you owe me six points, and you can pay me back in a national championship. Thank you. Um, but for the most part, we did really well. Did really well. And um, I was excited the way we played. Defense was giving me a few headaches. A few of the missed, missed throws by Milro was giving me a few headaches. But all in all, we played well. And I think we were the better team. We were able to prove that. And, look, I love it. I love what we showed. What was bad, I guess, is 
there wasn't much talk about how dominant we were. I think a good bit of the talk was on the Dallas Turner hit on Jaden Daniels. Some say it's a dirty hit. I don't think it's a dirty hit. I think, look, and I kind of tweeted this. I don't think when you wrap a guy up, you shouldn't drive him into the ground. But then the day it is football. And I get it. The NFL has, you know, conditioned us over the past 10 years or so that you have to protect the quarterback. And, oh, when you get to the quarterback as a defensive player, oh, don't hit them too hard. You got to be gentle with them. You got to, you know, you got to hold them. And then you got to lay them down and put them, lay them down on a pillow and then take a blanket and put it over them, then give them his teddy bear and then say good night, maybe give them a forehead on a kiss. That's what defenders are expected to do nowadays. I think people have forgot that football is a violent game. Your motive is to hurt your opponent. It is. It is to inflict bodily harm and enough bodily harm to where they quit. Not necessarily physically all the time, but mentally to a degree as well, more so mentally than physically. And that's what football is. And so I think given the confines, there's a one-step rule for a reason. Dallas made contact within that one step. He didn't take an additional step to get to the quarterback. If you look at more angles, you see that the initial hit was actually more so in the chest area than the head or neck area. Uh, and, and again, unless you want Dallas Turner or Jaden Daniels, for that matter, to become 5'11 and just, at, at, you know, in the instant, what do you think is going to happen? Like the the two guys both around the same height, kind of standing head up with each other, their helmets are going to touch at one point. And what was different is Dallas didn't launch. He didn't leave with the crown of his helmet. It was face mask to face mask. And the only reason why he got the roughing penalty, if you want to be honest, was that he drove the quarterback into the ground. And it's one thing to drive him into the ground, but kind of had him wrapped up. There was no way for Jaden to brace his fall and end up landing on his head, end up leaving the game with a concussion. Although Brian Kelly had to, you know, actually put him back out there. His mom had to come out there and say, nah, get my baby off the field. What the, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, he's clearly not ready to be in the game. But that's neither here nor there. That's for LSU to talk about. And that's for Brian Kelly to address as to why he ought for a second that Jaden Daniels is ready to go back to that game without being evaluated for anything. So don't talk to me about player safety. If you you want to talk, talk to what's going on in Baton Rouge because you ain't about to you ain't about to cry on my shoulder. It was a football play. Maybe a little excessive, but that's why a flag was called, but there was no targeting. I think everybody was crying about targeting. There was no targeting on the play. They got the 15-yard penalty, wasn't able to do anything with it, you know. It is what it is. Alabama was able to really put that game away. What I really love is that they were able to put that game away through their run game. It just seemed like at a, it got to a certain point where our offensive line was just winning every snap. And you love to see that. You love to see that. Um, doesn't matter if you like the, you know, the new high-flying, high-potent offense game or that you know old-school ground and pound. At some point, it has to come down to one – of the trenches, defense or offense, imposing their will in crunch time. And we got to see, for, as far as Alabama was concerned, we got to see their offensive line really impose their will down the stretch and start getting things, getting anything they wanted. And so 
with a big win, coming off a big win, uh, got three games left in the regular season. You got Kentucky coming up on the road. I don't think they're uh, an opponent to sneeze at, especially defensively. They're always going to to bring it um, with with Stoops offense. I mean Stoops defense. So you know, Dennis, uh, you know, got a pretty good offense. You know, they haven't been scoring much. So maybe that's an advantage for our defense. But I know our defense is dealing with some injuries at the linebacker position. Oh, Jaden Daniels, man. He got my boy uh, lost in his ankles, but I hope he's going to be okay. So I know we're dealing with some injuries at the linebacker position. We're dealing with some injuries at the safety position. So uh, we're looking, you know, this is a, a time where, you know, we really got to have great practice, great reps, get everybody together on the same page because we're going to need it. Uh, there was a lot of kind of get back energy. Uh, these past two weeks, because we had a, a rival in Tennessee and, you know, kind of a rival in LSU, given, again, this matchup usually um, warrants or decides the SEC West champion. So, you know, really high energy games, trying to get some uh, revenge from the from last year where you lost to these two teams. There may have been a lot more focus and attention to detail. And so, if Alabama's going to run the table, they're going to have to stick to that. Malachi Moore, um, our safety, actually spoke to that and saying, hey, we treat everything like an elimination game. One loss and we're done. We can't go anywhere. So they they have this mentality that they can't lose, and I love that. And so if we get a game where all three are, are hitting on, on every cylinder, fast starts on offense, fast starts on defense, able to execute when we do have to settle for field goals, kick, uh, hitting those. If we do have to punt, making sure we flip position, we're going to need some execution in all three phases because, yeah, we got three games left in the regular season. They're not going to be easy games. Um, like I said, you're going on a road against Kentucky. You're going – you're playing at home against Chattanooga. So that's a game where you're just trying to, you know – Get a big lead, then let the backups to the backups play and finish that out. Get some guys, get some reps, be able to play in front of their family and loved ones. And then you're going against Auburn. And I know you look at the record, you're like, ah, oh, it's freaking Auburn. We're playing at Jordan here, where Auburn Jesus resides. And anything and everything can happen, has happened there. That's a place where Alabama Crimson Tide, their dreams have gone to die in some cases. Um, and so we got to be on our you know, on our shit. We just can't let, you know, records dictate how we prepare. Um, and look, I know I'm preaching to the choir because if I'm saying it, you know Coach Saban is saying it probably a little bit meaner than I am, but it's being said. And so I think the um I think the point is being is getting across to our players. And so I'm excited to see how they finish these three games. It's easy to look um to Atlanta. And the SEC Championship, which is likely going to be versus UGA. But don't want to get ahead of ourselves right now. We got to continue to stand on business. Uh, treat every game like it's an elimination game, as uh, Malachi um, alluded to. Keep that same energy. And so if you can do that, Bama may run the table. They may get a chance at winning not only an SEC title, but a national title. Remains to be seen. Um, and looking forward to that. Now, I will say, and as Ocho Cinco likes to say, uh, I'll lie for you before I lie to you. And your boy did not lie to you about what type of football you were going to experience last weekend. We had some near upsets. We had some upsets. You had Oklahoma State winning the final bedlam. You had Missouri uh, or Mizzou having UGA 
on the ropes and UGA being able to escape. So you had uh, Rutgers was kind of, you know, giving Ohio State the business for a little bit, and then Ohio State became Ohio State and and, and finished things. So you saw a lot of potential upsets um, throughout the weekend last weekend. And so that's not going to stop. That's going to keep going. Um, and like I said, as a fan of college football, you need to be excited about that. And so I know the college football rankings, actually, by the time you guys hear this, the college football rankings uh, will have uh, been released. Um, but one, a few things I'm interested to see is, does Bama jump Texas? Um, Texas had kind of a close game. They really were blowing Kansas State out most of the game, but collapsed in kind of the fourth quarter and lost in um, – over or one in overtime by three points because Kansas State stupidly didn't take points, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm wondering because Bama won in the fashion that they won despite their lone loss being to Texas. Does Bama jump Texas in the rankings? It's a possibility. I don't see it yet, mainly because of how dominant Texas was in their game versus Alabama and how dominant they were for pretty much three quarters versus Kansas State this Saturday. So uh, that might relatively stay the same. Uh, I spoke about the bedlam, the final bedlam with Oklahoma State going against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State taking that win. I didn't think that was going to happen. I did not see Oklahoma uh, boomer sooner losing two games in a row. I thought them and Texas were going to meet each other again with one loss. Winner decides not only the Big 12, but – Who's getting the college football playoff berth? But that didn't happen. Or, I mean, it could still happen, but it didn't happen. Or it's not going to be what I thought it was going to be because, oh, you lost their second game two in a row. And so where do they fall? They were ranked nine right behind Alabama. So who replaces them? Obviously, you know, Ole Miss may get in, but, you know, does a Penn State get in? Does a Louisville get in at number 10? Remains to be seen. Really excited to see what that is. So as I get off of you guys, I'm actually going to look and see what that is. Um, can I talk about Alabama running the table. Can Washington and Oregon run the table? They're looking like two of they're uh, they're looking like the two best teams in college football. Let's just let's just call it. I know we talk a lot. I know I talk a lot about the Pac-12. I call it the WAC-12. I hate them. I've hated them since I was a kid. Like I didn't like Reggie Bush until he was a saint. That's how much I hated teams from the Pac-12. But we got to really start talking about Washington. I hey, I said I, I had them losing. I had them losing by double digits to USC on the road. And guess what? Penix told me to shut the hell up. That Washington Huskies defense told me to shut the hell up because I said USC's defense was going to make a couple plays to put it away. And Huskies said, bet, we're going to make the plays. And they made plays. They got uh, an interception. I think they got a forced fumble. And they were able to win that game. Uh, by double digits. So pretty much reverse of what I had predicted. I thought USC was going to, you know, maybe run the table or, or make things scary in the college football playoff race. But Washington said, no, we are for real. And they're still undefeated. Maybe, just maybe, they may jump, jump in to the top four. Who knows? And you see that Oregon, oh my goodness, outside of their loss to Washington, which they easily could have won that game, by the way, on the road. They have looked phenomenal. Like teams, aren't even close to them. They may let you play around for a couple possessions, but Dan Lanning has that killer mentality and they are destroying folks. When I say these two teams are the best two teams in college football, I am not just making that up. I'm not exaggerating. Turn on the freaking tape. 
it's a track meet, but only one team's running. That's really what it is. So they could theoretically run the table. I feel like they're going to end up meeting each other again. And I think Oregon could, let's say if Washington's undefeated, Oregon could get the better of a Washington team. And now you see both both Pac-12 teams with one loss. Possible playoff committee is going to have a decision to make. So really interested to see kind of where they're positioned, if they're still at five and six, or if one of them has moved up. Uh, big game this weekend, Ole Miss going up against UGA. And we saw UGA has kind of been on the ropes a few times. I think there was a stat that said in their five SEC games, they had trailed four times. They've been behind four times. So they've shown a level of vulnerability that we haven't really seen in UGA over the past couple of years now. And Mizzou had a chance. This is their second year in a row having a chance, and Brady Cook's old. But can Ole Miss succeed where Mizzou failed? Jackson Dart, I would say he's he's probably a better quarterback uh, than – than Brady Cook, because I think he's a little bit more experienced in his system and what he's doing. Um, I think he's a little bit more, more mobile, even though Brady Cook was killing UGA with his running ability. Um, now, does Ole Miss have a guy? You know, Mizzou had Luther Burton. He's a guy. Does Ole Miss have a guy? Because usually that's where UGA struggles. They, they struggle against elite wide receiver play. But Lane Kiffin, one of the brightest minds offensively, he could make it tough. For for old Kirby, so can Ole Miss succeed where UGA or where Mizzou failed? Can Ole Miss take down the Giant um, that has won their twenty sixth straight uh, game? If I'm not mistaken, we'll see. Um, and then last but not least, Michigan. We know what's going on with them right now off the field, but this show right now we're going to talk about on the field. We're not going to talk about that off the field stuff until until there's a resolution. So see you guys in 2030. Uh, Michigan has their first big test against Penn State. And honestly, I just wrote that down because it sounded nice. We know that Michigan is going to beat the crap out of Penn State. It's Penn State. Why should I have any type of faith in them? It's Sa Saquon Barkley's not walking through that door. Uh, Trace McSorley's not walking through that door. Um, Brian Robinson, I think, or I can't remember his name. Michael Robinson, I'm, I'm sorry. He's not walking through that door. Why would I have any faith that Penn State can play with Michigan? I don't. I don't. Penn State, feel free to prove me wrong. Anyways, that's where we're going to end today. Again, before I say my spiel, if y'all haven't voted, go do that. I hope you exercise your right to vote. It's extremely important. Y'all make sure y'all do that. Even for the local elections, shit, that's the ones that matter the most. They can really pay attention. They're the ones that matter the most because they dictate your day today in your county, in your parish, in your city, in your state. Take care of home. You got to do that. You got to vote. You got to vote. But anyways, there's anything I said uh, that offended anybody. It's a good thing. It's an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for you to teach me. All I ask is that you keep it respectful. Peace.